1: It's not Craig. He's not so good this week, and he is working, so it's fallen to me, the lesser heard producer Griff, to do the intro for the podcast. Hope you don't mind. Um, last week Connor, what a thoroughly decent human being he is. Um, it was a pleasure to listen into that conversation for me, and we've had absolutely incredible things said to us we knew it had reached so many people on a deeply personal level and the number of people that have experienced loss and the same kind of post-loss trauma and effects that Connor described so uh, so eloquently um, and were deeply, deeply comforted by and reassured by the fact that he'd, he'd been through similar things um, and is doing such amazing things on, on screen um a so big shout out to Connor for coming on, appreciate it man. Um housekeeping. Patreon badge people, sorry, again the badges that we promised to those people that kindly donated over five dollars a month are I've done my spreadsheet, I'm terrible at Excel, uh it took me ages and Craig is super busy and he's the one in possession of the badges, so it is occurring don't worry, we're not stitching you up, it's not a fire Festival style ruse to uh, gain your hard-earned cash, uh, they are on the way, and they will be with you, I don't even want to say a date soon. On the Patreon note, we have 151 people that support us on Patreon, and massive, massive, I don't get to say this very often, but massive, massive thanks to everyone that does that, Um it's now paying for our train tickets to come down to London Or to get up to Manchester or do do whatever And I don't know if you've noticed the background noise On a few TSPs recently You might be able to hear someone doing some garden cutting outside But I'm going to buy us some sexy new microphones With our Patreon money um, Some new ones out by a company called Aston We use Aston microphones on this podcast But I'm going to buy some new Aston Stealths With some of that money and we'll be able to record in slightly noisy environments without you having to listen to noisy people's conversations in the background. So massive shout out to all the Patreon people that have made that happen. www.patreon.com slash pod. if you want to um, help out financially with the podcast. If you do, it's much appreciated. Nice one. This week we have the fantastic Angela Mohindra. Uh, she's a wonderful actor from Nottingham you're probably sinner on telly in The Bodyguard on BBC One or on ITV's Dark Heart. Oh, someone's getting busy with a head streamer outside here. Apologies. Um, yeah, we met Angeli in Maison Berto, our spiritual recording home in Soho, and had a wonderful chat. Talked about the thoroughly modern condition of straddling two cities, her beloved Nottingham and her almost equally beloved London so it's about growing up, living in Germany all kinds of interesting things Uh, anyway enough of my waffle, appreciate it if you've got this far through my podcasting debut and uh, yeah I'll speak to you at the end, nice one, enjoy as Craig says
0: That's why I get so irate sometimes. You know, when you're driving and you, you let somebody out and you thank them, and they just completely stay down. Oh God! And then I drive off and I have to calm myself down. Going, yeah. Why did you say? And it's just that little thing, and I go, Wow, that's going to ruin the next. I'm just going to waste ten minutes thinking about that now. Yeah. Or I was in. I was pulling out of the supermarket yesterday, and give way things, and this guy just came right close to me as I was, and he started shouting at me. I went... Well, the giveaways there. He was a bloody driving instructor. Oh no! He should have known about spawning and out a, a
2: pack of people like him. And eh? then I was
0: walking into the supermarket, and this woman behind me went, "He did the same to me, love."
2: No way.
0: And he she went, "Nasty little man."
2: <laughs> <laughs> driving
0: instructor, though.
2: That's awful, isn't oh, it? No. That's where these these people on the road come from. Then the people who do shitty things, like. They've been taught by one dude. <laughs>
0: yeah. And also I suppose if you've been driving around all day teaching people, you're gonna be angry. I sometimes think about that. We know when people do get angry.
2: Yeah, they have to just take it on, don't they, for you. They're yeah. like, Yeah, there is a queue of people behind you and they are getting irritated, but I'm taking that for you so that you can relax, young person or yeah. young driver. Yeah, I did think that. They've and got also, all that pent up inside them that they can't release. And
0: also they may not they may not be happy in their job doing that. Yeah,
2: true, true, very true.
0: And then I think, oh, well, nine times out of ten, I'm quite happy.
2: But I hear you. That's a 10 minute process. Yeah. I open the door for someone, they don't say thank you. And it's going to take a few minutes for me to, like, but then we, get myself out of that. But then I give myself a hard
0: time about that. I've wasted my time getting angry about oh, it. Oh, yeah. I and know. then I'm annoyed about that. Yeah. So and then I'm annoyed another... about the
2: kind of person I am. Why am I this kind of person? <laughs> and then why does it stop? And that's therapy, stopped? you know? 10 minutes turns into 10 years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Angela, oh, how that's are tricky. you?
2: Yeah, really good, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, good. It's nice to be back in London, even though I live, I've been spending quite a lot of time in Nottingham,
0: which I love. um
2: my well, dad's, going home and seeing family. Yeah, going home and seeing family. I feel like I feel like I never really stopped wanting to live there, even though I love London with all my heart. So it feels like whenever I have a, a bit of downtime, I'll just peg it over for a couple of days. Um, but I do feel like I've got like one foot in each city, and I'm not quite committing yeah. to either. It's been seven years since I've lived in London. Right. A set of keys and a, yeah. a place here. But, yeah, so I go home quite a lot.
0: But it's a great city.
2: It is a great city.
0: And I know so many people from Nottingham and they're real, you know...
2: They're great people. They are great people. <laughs> yeah.
0: And they go, well, my heart's really in knots.
2: Do other people say that too? Oh,
0: God, yeah. Yeah. I will know one particular friend of mine who would... wouldn't be anywhere else. yeah. Really wouldn't.
2: I get it. I totally get it. And do you know what? I think I'm starting to make peace with it. Like, why do I have to commit to one city? Well, you don't. I can't do you? have a polyamorous city relationship.
0: And also, there's you go through a time when you feel, no, I really want to be in London, or I want to run, wanna run yeah. away to the, this, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Big city. Yeah. And then you just want to go back. Yeah. I mean, I mean the opposite, opposite
2: happens. You want to run away from it, and yeah go and do a country walk or, you know, just but hang I think out with your mates.
0: I think it's all right to be slightly balanced 50-50 about yeah. where you are. Yeah, For now. Who
2: said? Who said you had to Who commit? Who said? Nobody. No? But I, I put a pressure on myself, I guess, but... Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get that whip out. <laughs> Flagellating yourself, innit?
0: So what's it like Been going back to Nottingham?
2: It's lovely. Um, I really like... I don't know, I really feel like I'm not actress, Ange, when I go home. But I do feel m- mostly actress, Ange, when I'm here. Well, I don't quite know what I mean by that. Except I have this feeling of, like, a bit of liberation. I think when you're out of work in this city, and that might be for a couple of weeks, it might be for more than that. Yeah. Th- it's just a constant reminder of the thing that you love that you're not necessarily able to do, because... There's some great theatres here and some great things happening, and, mm. and it's expensive as well. Yeah. Um, whereas when I'm home, I don't know. There's just a vibe there where I can just sort of switch off, switch off all of that, and just be a human being for a bit. Well, it's quite, you know. I think as any
0: big cities are. Like I, I lived in New York for a bit, and as much oh, as, oh, how as was much, that? Well, I, I loved, loved it because I, I wasn't working. You know, it was fine. But I was thinking, God, if I was here all the time, I think it'd be quite an unforgiving city. Yeah. Whereas I think London...
2: It's not as bad as that, is it's it? It's not but as bad,
0: but it can be quite unforgiving if you give yourself a hard time yeah. and you're here and there's all stuff around you, uh, you know, pertaining to what we do yeah. for a job. Yeah, that's what I and mean. And it's there. Little reminders. And then you get frustrated because yeah. you, you can't...
2: Yeah, what, it.
0: You can't do what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So in that respect, it is.
2: Yeah, Though there is loads going on here. It is a great city for that. Um, do you ever
0: feel cityed out?
2: Yeah, I think I do, actually. Yeah, quite a bit. Do you get that?
0: Well, since I moved out... Less so. I've fallen back in love with it. As I went Yeah, because I went through a time of of really being out of love with it and found it very, very difficult, and everything was a struggle, like, everything. And Maybe that's where I was personally within yeah. my own life at the time and who I was... Um, but since I moved out, yeah, I've fallen back in love because I come in, do the things I really love like this or I see some friends and then I bugger back off on the train. Yeah. So I, I get that excitement yeah, of, of yeah, yeah. coming You've got in. Yeah, you the
2: best bits of it, yeah. haven't you? With that. I so suppose rat race so, yeah. yeah I, fe- I
0: feel really lucky to have that. But do you think there'll come a time when you go, ah, no, I'm, I'm done with this.
2: But Not if I keep doing the splits <laughs> and <laughs> well, being if, in both. Well, maybe know, that's what's keeping me here. <laughs> maybe,
0: that's, maybe that's the key. Yeah, maybe that's maybe. The, the healthy thing that you can keep jumping around.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I found it really unsettling when I first moved here because it was just a bit, like, non-committal and every time I'd leave the other, I'd have a pining for the other one. But now it just feels like, yeah, mm. My, the daytime me and the nighttime me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's all gravy.
0: And when you do go back... Do you... Does it make you think about your childhood?
2: It does, a lot. And though we moved around quite a lot, cos my my dad was in the army and then worked for the army, the British what army. What
0: did he do in the army?
2: I think the job he did the longest was uh, he was a budget manager... Right. for ..for the army, and um, so he we, he spent most of his time posted at Chilwell Barracks in Nottingham, and then... Did a four-year stint in Germany when I was about nine.
0: Did you? Were you all go over to Germany? Yeah,
2: yeah, we went. We all went um, and spent four years there. Well, look, Hi, thank
0: here's you. your cappuccino, <laughs> right on time. Lovely,
2: thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much. Coffee break. Coffee break. There you go. I'm really that.
2: contemplative now. I'm sitting on this.
0: So whereabouts? And did, so did you move over to Germany at the time?
2: Yeah, we did. We moved to a place called Bielefeld.
0: Where is I mean, that? Forgive my geography. Do you know what? I don't
2: know. And I should know. Because <clears throat> then I moved back when I was 13 and then kind of got into geography at school. But I, I should check. I think it's West Germany. Um, it was quite a sleepy little town and we, I really didn't like it at first. In fact, I hated it. Um, I had kept having dreams where all my old school friends had German names... And they were all the same people, but they just had different names and yeah. they didn't understand what I was saying. But I was like, no, you're all my mates. There's Ben and, and Matt, the twins, and, you know, like, why, why don't they like, why don't, why don't they want to talk to me? Well, that must be really hard at, at the time because you're nine think... years
0: old and you're being uprooted.
2: Yeah, massively, massively. Not, you're just making mates at nine.
0: Not to another part of Nottingham, not to the other side, but to bloody Germany. Somewhere else, yeah. yeah.
2: And we went to a forces school. Um, where a lot of the children that went there hadn't actually ever been to England, were English from British families, but had just been posted from post to post all around Europe because there were quite a lot of bases at that time. God, that must be so hard. I think hard. they've closed down now. Yeah, I think it's massively hard because there was, like, a British culture, but not really one that I identified with. It was a very specific um, vibe and energy to those people and, like, um, resource... For conversations, that sometimes it was a bit like, oh, I don't know about that. I just lived in Nottingham until recently. And I was the only ethnic minority in my whole school. um at, at, Well, at my sister as well, but at primary and secondary, which was really interesting because I think at that age I didn't really know that I belonged to anything that was other. Yeah. But then to be the only other, everybody is aware that you're. Yeah, yeah, of course. So you got questions about race that I couldn't answer or understand, but didn't have a chip on my shoulder, because you don't really as a kid. And I don't think kids were being mean. I think they were just wondering why I looked different.
0: And sort of uh, curious, I suppose. Yeah, hugely curious.
2: And I remember my mum would always send me in with, like, an Indian pallet. Did she? (laughs) Which is just a nightmare, because, like... You're already trying really hard to not be different. And to
0: try and fit in, and there and you it are. it smells that looking beautifully different. pungent,
2: <laughs> and you, you know? You're bringing in some gorgeous
0: Indian food. Yeah.
2: And uh, I think then a little protest began in my heart against all things Indian. And I, like, would catch myself trying really hard to demonstrate my Caucasianness.
0: Really? <laughs> I'd, like... Do you think that was acceptance too fit in?
2: Yeah. And like, I'd, like... Um, Try and research things that might come up, as one might in a pub quiz, so that if they ever came up in conversation, I could. And my dad went to boarding school here. He was born in the British colony in Kenya, and he's he has a similar thing that he hasn't. I don't. I think he still very much feels like he identifies mostly as British than anything else. And I can't imagine what it'd been like, you know, in the seventies, late seventies, to go to boarding school and have that thing that I just described, where yeah. you're the only other. Yeah. And he just he did say that school teachers would be like, oh, you don't want beef on, you know, for your dinner, well, okay, just have the potatoes then. There was no sense of, like, oh, you're Hindu, let's try and make that okay for you. That
0: must have been so... I can't begin begin to imagine imagine at that time.
2: Yeah, we don't talk about it very much, but I can sense it's still something that...
0: Why why don't you think you don't talk about it very much?
2: I think I've had so many things that have helped nudge me out of it, like, so many friends that have felt similarly, and there's a thing going on in my um, industry that's, like, to be more inclusive, but... For my dad, who's worked in the army until very late and late up until quite recently, and, and now he runs a post office, which I think if you'd said that to him when he was working in the army, he would have been so frustrated and like just <laughs> yeah. like what are you want about? I'm not going to run a corner shop because he's British. Yeah. And now it is kind of a glorified corner shop to to most people. Um, I think there was nothing. There was nobody going. Oh, do you feel a bit displaced? Let's like bond over that. I think it's hard to come to terms with when it's become a habit for that many years.
0: Yeah, especially when there's no one to talk to. Yeah. You can't filter it out, can you? Yeah, no. And what do your mum do?
2: Um my mum is like that she has done everything. She worked in a court, she's worked as like a bank manager. She dabbled in a bit of like doing up properties for the people. Um and uh, she's just like an entrepreneur. Now she runs a pub. Does she run And a pub. has also like run a post office as well. She's just incredible. Like, like Superman. There is no, no there's no like the meaning of no doesn't exist. Which is really frustrating as an actor because I'll ring <laughs> her and like <laughs> Be like, oh this thing happened. And no, she's it, really like,
0: does, mom, it really does, mum, it really yeah, does exist. Yeah, trust yeah, me. yeah, trust
2: <laughs> me, trust me. And I haven't had it and I've been waiting for my no for two and a half months and now I've finally got it. And she's like, I can't believe it. She wants to wade in like I think all mums do and roll up her sleeves and make sure there's real equal opportunities. In yeah. It. But Was it's that kind of to... instilled
0: in you from an early age from your mum?
2: What they like can do. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a positive attitude. Yeah, I feel like I felt I, I thought everybody had it and then got to like my early 20s and realised how lucky I was to have that fire that I don't think everybody does possess that that sort of like no. blind, absolute blind faith that things will be okay. I do feel really fortunate to have that in in my blood but also unfortunate sometimes because I feel like sometimes I don't get it when somebody feels a bit disenchanted with something or just feels a bit like Things aren't possible. A bit pessimistic. Cause I'm like, why are you being like that? I don't. I, I don't know how to sometimes help. Yeah. Just like, come on.
0: Because you want to rally help. yourself up. Yeah. Like,
2: it's gonna be alright.
0: You still like that now?
2: Uh, even,
0: even when things not as aren't particularly going well, because you know we all take our knocks in life, and if things start to chip away, yeah, it can sort of get to the core a bit and and, yeah. and, and, and rock it, can't it?
2: Yeah, a little bit. There's a bit of a tug of war going on because I feel like in our industry, the most magical things happen when you feel like they won't, and then the most like heartbreaking things happen. And you don't get things that you felt like you really did deserve, and therefore, there's not really a formula, and there's not really a can-do attitude that sees you through the whole way. You know no. what I mean? So much of it so is not in your control that I feel like in other areas of my life, definitely, I've got that sort of like. But well, there is no such thing as no.
0: Well, because in other areas of your life, you've probably got more control over certain things. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. And that optimism will prevail, yeah. I think.
0: And that's a healthy attitude. And it's, I suppose it's also like, you know, ha- making a plan. You can't really have a plan because nothing...
2: No, you can't have a plan. Really Can really you goes... start with your map and your backpack when you start out. Yeah. But, like, there's not really much control you have over it and there's no, it's not logical, so, Do
0: you find that frustrating?
2: Yeah, I think so. I'm starting to see the beauty in it a bit, though. You know what I mean? Like, in what
0: way? Because that's a, that's a lovely way of putting it. I just want to know what, what you actually mean by that.
2: That sometimes when you least try to control it, something really amazing can happen and catch you totally off guard.
0: Should you think by... Um, Clinging re- on really, really tight. And like, um, just releasing the control and going, yeah. well... I- have an acceptance that we we don't have a bit of control, yeah. You get some back. Yeah. Maybe. that's really, that's, so. that's That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah.
2: I, right, I've really wanted to meditate for years because it sounds like the most amazing thing and everyone always talks about it. And I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how you meditate. I just can't. I've got such an overactive mind. I'll sit down for 20 minutes and after three I'll just be, like, losing my mind because I can't control just being chill and thinking of nothing. That's really hard. But somebody gave me a little pearl of wisdom the other day and she was like, you can meditate on a coffee, or on a chocolate bar, or on a person, and when you're having a conversation, and all it is is just to, like, give it your full attention. That's meditating. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I guess you can do it anywhere. you just got to, like... And there's something really... If you can do that and, and not try to obsess about the things that happened earlier, or the audition you had, or whatever, then then you just... It, I think it makes you so much more whole... Feel You feel so much more wholesome.
0: Yeah. I was talking to somebody about... Transcendental Meditation.
2: I'd love to do that. Have you done it?
0: No, I haven't. I don't really know what anything it is. about it. yeah. But they were saying to me, oh, once, you you know, you practice it, it's, you know, it's a, a day, uh, maybe more than daily practice. So forgive me, I'm kind of talking out my arse here. But,
2: Samesies, like meditation um, is something I don't really get.
0: But they were saying you can do it anywhere, you know, uh, somebody I know can do it on a pack train because they go, they go within in themselves. Yeah. So they, they, they can practice wow. it anywhere.
2: and they just detach themselves. Which
0: kind of sounds really healthy and fascinating. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Yeah.
2: I think it does. And I've heard about people who've, like, he, there's a guy called Dr Joe Dispenza, for, like, I'm name-dropping now. He's not my mate. Top name. He's uh, an American guy who fixed his spine... Um, He, he, I think, I don't want to get this wrong, but I think he damaged it really severely in a cycling accident. Yeah. And he was already a doctor at this point, so he knew what damage he had done when he saw the x-rays. And they were like, you're not going to walk. We can try to get some of your motor functions going, but you ain't going to walk. And he's walking and doing these seminars, because he, like, he he practised transcendental meditation or a type of meditation for so long that just tried to detach his mind from him and just connect with a greater source. And like, mentally fixed his own spine. Jesus,
0: that's inspiring stuff. It's really
2: inspiring, because it's like, these are scientists. These aren't, you know, like, what some people would say is just some sort of hippy, drippy kind of person who believes in all this stuff that not everybody can access. But that's science, and I think that's really exciting. I think
0: we need to get into this. Yeah. Maybe we should start a, a podcast about meditation, Griff. What do you think? Griff nodding there. I don't, I don't think sister. we will. Were. we're too busy doing this. <laughs> so what what age did you leave Germany?
2: Left Germany when I was... Um, so I think I went just before I turned nine and came back just after I turned 12, so about four four years in total. Right,
0: and then back to Notts?
2: Back to Nottingham, yeah, back to Nottingham. Did so you go
0: back to the same school?
2: Yeah, which was really weird, which is um, why I think I quite like feeling... Like I'm always changing my surroundings because I changed school every four years. That's how it took' mm. I went primary Germany, Germany to another secondary, secondary back to a secondary here with new people. so I feel like change is part of who I feel comfortable being,
0: yeah, um which is so ironic now, considering what you do for a job you go, you go from <laughs> you go from I know. Uh, you know city to city I and know. You're meeting new and people and forging Person's new, new shoes relationships. to person's shoes as yeah. well, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah.
2: That, like, weird sense of ever-evolving identity where you're like, who am I? I don't know. Be somebody else in a few years. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. growth thing really excites me. Do you think
0: you were always yourself when you moved to these people? Or did you I don't see know it as what a-
2: myself is. I'm starting to realise that in a good way. Like, I think if... I feel like I want to be open and not really have a real, real... Like, a sense of values is really important. But a sense of, like, self is something that I'm really like, what is... What are we? Like, what is yourself? Is it, like, fixed habits of behaviour? Or is it just, like... I don't know.
0: Do Do you you... ask yourself that question a lot? (laughs) This sounds like (laughs) therapy, doesn't it? It it, it kind of is.
2: Um, Yeah. I I think this is quite a common thing with some actors that I've spoken to. There's, like... There's your values and what you've been brought up to believe and the things that make you happy and the things that make you angry. And then there's, like... I don't know, like, having this... Thing where you feel like you have to have some sort of personality, but, but like I think it's when people, I think it's doing press for jobs where people ask you about yourself, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't. I don't always feel like I can answer.
0: Well, it's because we don't always have the answer. Yeah. It's like that, you know, that age old question. Oh, so what? What do you want? What? What do you want? Like, yeah. In life. Well, I don't. I don't really know, to be honest. Do yeah. You know. and I'm sure I've heard that question. Been asked to uh, an American artist, and they just reeled off like, for a good two minutes. This is what I want. This is what I need wow. in my life. And you just go, wow, fucking. You seem, on the face of it, that you've got it all sorted. Yeah, up there. yeah. Sometimes I feel quite lost.
2: Yeah, where, yeah. Where
0: if that question's asked, I feel quite vulnerable. Don't really know what, what to say. What, what do you? What is it you want me to say? Yeah, no. What do you want to hear? Yeah, because I, I don't know if I've got the answer. to Yeah. That. But I suppose moving around for you, you could reinvent yourself. Yeah. If if you wanted to.
2: I don't know if it's just reinvention, but it's like growth. It's like trying not to settle on being... on limiting yourself and being close to learning things. Not about becoming a different person necessarily, but just about expanding and, like, self-development and being open-minded and learning as much as you can about things. And I think the more your environment changes, the more you're forced to, like, be really open-minded and not in a worthy way, but just get to really understand different walks of life. And maybe even change things in the way that you live, the way that you choose to behave.
0: By getting inspired from the new people that constantly come in and out of your life.
2: Yeah, I used to suffer really badly from social anxiety. I don't think it ever really, really goes away, but you manage it to a point where you don't really hear self-limiting Is this source. as a child? Yeah, as like a teenager. Um, How did
0: that manifest itself?
2: I don't really know. I don't I don't really know. Maybe it was the moving around where you felt like, I felt like I couldn't really access things instantly and felt a bit, like, left out or a bit lonely. And then that makes you ruminate on your own thoughts for ages. And I'm then... to knock
0: your confidence. Yeah,
2: and then you start having this really big inner monologue that's constantly, like, telling you that you're not great and not fun and funny and stupid things, really. And then that stops you from being fun and funny and stops you enjoying things that are fun and funny and yeah. other people. Um... So I think that, like, self-desire for self-growth comes from that because my boyfriend once said... Cause he's a couple of years older than me and I suppose a bit more experienced in life. And this was when I was in my early 20s. He was like, you do realise while well, you're being heady and working out how people are perceiving the things you're saying. I can guarantee you that every other person in this room is checking themselves for what's coming out of their mouths <laughs> yeah. and trying to be funny and trying to be entertaining and interesting. And I was like, gosh, that is so liberating. And then, like, something shifted and I started to be like, oh, my God, yeah, there's, like, a group, group room full of people who are all feeling a little bit... So maybe if I just, like, get out of my own way and stop trying to self-moderate... I can actually, like, strike up conversations with people who look a bit shy.
0: Yeah, because you can access that if you just sort of be you.
2: Yeah. And then you feel like everybody feels a bit like that, actually. And I feel like social media, this is like an oft-had conversation, but social media's really given birth to a, a generation of people who feel really inadequate and really socially yeah, anxious, you know? I know.
0: I mean, I have kind of a, a bit of a love-hate relationship with it. But I think I'm quite Me good.
2: too. But I'm
0: quite good at knowing how to use it now. And, and check it I out. Only, I only it sort of do Twitter. Yeah. And, and, and mainly because of the podcast.
2: Instagram as well, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but it's how you use it. Yeah. You know, I, I suppose That's if you throw it. out, if you use it in a healthy way and you use it for you, that could come back on you. Yeah. Which is great. But if you're concerned about what reaction things are going to make. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. you know, it's just a downward spiral to bloody despair.
2: Yeah. And, in like, looking inside of yourself and, and whatnot. Oh, yeah, because
0: then, you know, you're comparing. contrast Contrasting and yeah. comparing. Oh, the yeah, yeah. grass is always green. Yeah. And it's like, oh, look, <laughs> look, at, look down at your own shoes. I know. You know you're it's all, all gravy. Right. It's all right, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Were you... Didn't this moving around, did it sort of knock your confidence... From going to school to school,
2: a little bit, yeah, I think so. But then it also gave me like, um, uh, gave me a sense of just trying to carve out uh, a sense of fitting in wherever you go. No, fitting in's not the right term. It gave me a sense of like picking up conversations with people, never judging anybody, being really open-minded, being a bit like, oh, you're a bit different to the people in my last school, but let's like interrogate that and like yeah. be mates. Um, I felt like a misfit, definitely, because of all that um but then i think the thing that came out of it that made me really really sad is just how much i denied my identity in terms of racial background like just how much i was striving to not be asian at all um because of that earlier experience at school Mm. where people were asking i actually got asked if i was black by a Another twelve-year-old kid in the playground because they just never, ever, honestly, never ever experienced in this Germany school. It was yeah, this. this was at a forces school, right. like an armed forces school. It's really baffling questions like that where you're like, no, but I also don't know how to help you there.
1: Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, of course.
2: But then leaving with a feeling of like, oh god, like I am, I am different to everybody here, and so I feel like in the past few years that misfit in me is like wants to weedle out what it is that made me feel like that in the first place and now I couldn't be more proud of my heritage and want to like atone for the past fifteen years, right, or however yeah. many years, for like how much I've denied who I am. Do you know but, what I mean? But I
0: think it's great. I don't a... think I'm
2: alone there. I think a lot of people have felt like that. Oh but...
0: loads. But I think it's really great to be comfortable with being a misfit. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. I-, I think it's, it's fun. actually
2: a great thing to have isn't I it. I think
0: it's great, yeah. Because I've I've kind of always felt like that, but you know, obviously, when you're younger, you're kind of scared. Yeah. To be like, and then you get older and you go, no, I'm I'm proud. That's, yeah, it's that's, great. That's all
2: right. Actually. I quite look forward to the question that used to make me my toes curl when someone goes like a cab driver goes away from. Not going you know where you're from from. Oh, that but old now one. I get really excited because I'm like, okay, let's make up for the past however many years. Right, <laughs> I'm from this place, and my family come from. I quite enjoy it now, and mm. I enjoy them educating possibly educating people. who have never met somebody who, who, you know, who comes from a country that isn't this one. Yeah. Racially, but has a lot of the same values and likes the Beatles, you know, it's it's all right.
0: <laughs> Where is your mum from, by the uh, way, while we're on this subject?
2: Both my parents are Punjabi. Punjabi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and mum moved over when she was about 18 um, and got married to my dad, who had been living in England since he was three. Um, and yeah, they're just like, polar opposites I think my dad is proud of his heritage but he's just very British whereas my mum is very very like in touch with her roots and has taught us everything um from how to cook to like how to sing Indian songs she's got a beautiful voice it's really like and I want to be like I want to I get excited about that now I want to like draw draw out as much of that as I can um
0: well you think you're on the right path
2: yeah thank you
0: (laughs) (laughs) so where did you end up finishing school
2: um, we back in Nottingham. Yeah, back in Nottingham.
0: And was that going to be base now for a while? Yeah, or that was you-
2: that was that was the when we when we realised that the Germany didn't because by the time we left, we actually wanted to we really wanted to stay.
0: Oh did we you? We loved
2: it. Yeah, by the school, the resources at that school were just brilliant, and the school trips you could go on when you live in the middle of Europe, just fantastic. Like, you weren't just going to a farm to camp Down in England. Road, yeah. yeah, you were going to like Spain for like snorkeling trips and like skiing in the Alps. I know, I know like that's more common now at schools these days. Jesus, even in what, England. what schools? <laughs> oh, <laughs> skiing and stuff.
0: I have heard of it, yeah. Yeah. my God. Yeah, but I'm, not. I, I, I certainly never had that when I was growing up. I think I went to a, a, a glass factory.
2: Oh, what? I'd love to go to a glass factory, that sounds well cool.
0: No, I won't really. No? You had to, like, blow glass through a, pff, like, a bit. it was like, just going red, it was really hard to do. Making cause your like, cheeks Because or... it was, like, for grown-ups. <laughs> oh. Blackpool Glass <laughs> Trying Factory. Trying to shoehorn <laughs> a
2: bunch of kids in. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Who wants to go to a fucking glass
2: factory?
0: <laughs> I'd much prefer to go snorkeling in Spain. Yeah. So how were you feeling leaving school?
2: Yeah, I loved it. I really loved school. I don't know. I really, I miss having something like school now.
0: Why? Because it's stru- educationally, cause but it's structure. Ah, the structure of the life. Yeah, yeah.
2: Just having people that you hang out with that you wouldn't normally pick to hang out with as well. I really, really like that a lot. Um, so yeah, I left school, went to college, was about to go to uni, and then um, got a job as an actor. And that was like a fork in the I always think about that moment where, if I hadn't got that, would I have continued? to go to uni and and do a very different pathway of life. Um,
0: So when did the acting surface for you?
2: I remember being in Germany and hearing about this place called Television Workshop in Nottingham and really wanted to go, really, really wanted to go because it was like... Loads of improvisation-based training yeah. that kind of happened there, and I was like really excited by that. I think my mum, the can-do woman, called from Germany to the man that run- ran it then, Ian Smith. And went, "Is there nothing we can do remotely? Can't you do it over the phone?"
0: <laughs> oh, bless <laughs> acting,
2: her! Acting, acting, improvising over the phone, and not everyone had mobiles then, so we would have like been calling on a landline from Germany. <laughs> Mad. I don't know what she meant, but yeah. Um, so then, as soon as I could, could I, I, I auditioned and thankfully for everyone's sanity in. in our family I got in yeah and then and how was
0: the workshop for you cuz i know amazing loads yeah you did yeah
2: yeah amazing amazing like i didn't go to drama school so i don't know if it's similar there but i really feel like workshop is like a part of me it's like a family not a badge of honor in a wanky way but a part of like um who i feel i am as a person even though i said i don't really have a strong sense of self i feel like a lot of my sense of self is workshop it's 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 a really brilliant place I know at drama school a lot of my friends have said that there's a real competitive element to drama school when everybody leaves it's like right who's actually going to get an agent now but workshop wasn't like that at all workshops like everybody like roots for each other really really and we're taught by example to go to auditions and be mates with people that you don't know, and and root for other people that aren't workshoppers, It's not an insular thing. It's it really isn't. Um, and as soon as you see people from workshop, there's a real sense of like, hello, like.
0: It's like it's almost like family. It, it seems really, from, from, on really the outset Yeah, you know, and really, you learn really so is. much there because they do all sorts of skill sets. You know, from writing and talking about the camera. Yeah. yeah. Which you know
2: more so camera now than before. I feel yeah. like the cameras would get whipped out when we had auditions, but. Like, there wasn't really... Because a lot of times when I go to auditions, they're like, oh, Workshop, God, yeah, like... And they'll talk about Shane Meadows straight away and they'll talk about how there's loads of great screen actors that come from Workshop. But I don't think that we weren't filmed... We might have done the odd class. I can't even remember, really. But there wasn't really... It wasn't a screen-based training. It was really, really rooted in truth. We didn't sit and do Stanislavski or... You know Meisner. Though I love all of that and have tried to like learn about that since yeah. leaving workshop. But Ian would just shout out, "Don't believe you. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> Need well, more truth." And I mean, that's it. In that,
0: that, end, that is what end, it is all about. At yeah. the end of the day, it's what really. they were all striving for. Stanislav Meisner. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he sounds like a great bloke.
2: He is a really, yeah, really great bloke. Just encouraged stuff in us that you still kind of use now, and you don't even know what you're getting then. It's, like, wasted on your childish brain. And then, you know, I'm in my late 20s now, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Ian did say that, didn't he?
0: Yeah, but you see, the, the skills that he's given you there, you know, you might not use for a, a lengthy amount of time. Yeah. And then it comes out, and you go, oh, God, yeah, I
2: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That,
0: that, which I think is absolutely brilliant for training.
2: Yeah, definitely is.
0: So what age were you going to the workshop so at? So when,
2: when I was uh, 13, I think, or 12, 12, 13, and then left... I stayed as long as I could until they boot you out when you're 21, <laughs> yeah. and then I still tried to go back. You know, it's just such a great place, and all my mates. I think that's another thing that draws me back to Nottingham is my workshop pals.
0: They're still They're there. They're still in like Nottingham.
2: my best best friends. Yeah. So that community is still there, from Very rich strong, as ever. Isn't it? Yeah. 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 And one of my dearest friends now runs workshops, So there's that as well. well
0: it's funny because I've worked there's certain cities. Certainly around the UK, they've got a, a real sense of self-identity. They mm. know what they are. And I've always thought that about Nottingham, like I think that about uh, Manchester yeah. and, and Sheffield. You know? Yeah. so Great was, cities. They Manchester. are, aren't they? Really great. Absolutely brilliant cities. That's why I love, because, you know, we go off on the road sometimes and go and... Talk to people in Manchester or Sheffield and go on the road. Just, I love it's just, that. It's just a great chance to go to another city yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. You get a different vibe. Yeah, yeah, of course. Not that I hate using that word vibe.
2: Vibe. I use it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Vibe. What is it? What is vibe? It's energy, innit? It's <sighs> like know. an energy, I guess.
0: Do you ever catch yourself on there and go, God, why am I talking like that? Why am I saying that? Yeah. Give yourself a right a hard time for saying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Do you feel like a bit of a chameleon sometimes? You'll pick up on like other people's lingo. I do that. If someone's, like, dropping a word quite a lot, I'll be like...
0: Yeah, sometimes I do. And I, I remember saying... I remember saying dude for a while. Dude is horrid. I was, going, I was using
2: that. What? You? you refer to a director as dude, and that's when you're like, no, stop you, now. That's well over the line. Really? Really what are you doing? You sound like an
0: absolute <laughs> idiot. <Bellend. laughs> and it just comes out. I didn't even think about it, because sometimes, you know, your brain don't connect with your mouth, and it's yeah, kind of yeah. run away with you. Yeah, yeah. And then you kind of you come outside your body and go... What are you saying? That's what are you that's on about? You? Yeah. Who are you trying to impress? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Who is it you're trying to be? Then give yourself another hard time Get for that. Get that, that little belt out. That's wasted at least half an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: wonder how long we spend just going over like stuff that we've said, like pe- as people, you know, right, like, overanalyzing, overanalyzing, beating yourself up about stuff. Loads, but I think it's devil's work, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I. Yeah, I've learned to 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 do less of it. Because it is a waste of time. It's like what we were talking about right at the beginning about getting angry at another driver or someone.
2: Yeah. I've,
0: I've learned to not have those 10 minutes now. Yeah. I've cut it down to about two. But at least, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop. Just, just, you know, take the, the, the foot off the, the pedal and just fucking relax. Chill out. Get over, it's all yourself. Good. Don't Get over yourself. Don't waste time. Get over yourself. Don't waste time. That's an interesting
2: one, isn't it? Cause yeah. I think that's the problem.
0: Do you You've, give yourself a hard time?
2: About, yeah, I really do about, about everything. What? Just everything, just everything. Like m- mainly, like auditions. Go home and like overanalyze the whole thing. But it's just the work of the devil. I'm getting. I'm really trying harder to just be like, right. Get a little script. Pop it in a little square. Fold it up in a square and chuck it in the bin, or stick it in a box somewhere and not think about it. Um, but I think that's a creative thing, isn't it? Like you always want to get better at making things. Because so. you're
0: constantly learning as well, is not you? Yeah.
2: Do you find that you're over-analytical,
0: or analytical. I used, to, I used to be more than what I am, um, but again, I've just kind of learned to not waste my time so much. Yeah, and I do think it's because I—I I put it down to not living in London.
2: Do you reckon yeah. that's the that's the shift?
0: I th- personally, for me, yeah, I don't think about certain things that I used to when I was here half as much. Yeah. Cos I just take myself for a walk in the countryside, just forget about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's healthier for me. Otherwise I just... Sort of, uh, you know, things spiral out of control sometimes. Yeah. And it's great because I know I'm not the only one.
2: No, you You are not. I don't know anybody who's not like this. I feel like we give ourselves a hard time because we're all looking at everybody's highlights on Instagram that is like their their best moments or, you know, just like... Well, there you go. There's one thing. Stop. Yeah. Stop with that. But I think everybody... everybody there's this there's this idealistic thing of, like, everybody's really happy. Everybody who's working is really happy. And, you know, like, why am I even worrying about not... I feel like there, I had a couple of... I don't know what the time period was, but when I look back on it, it was ridiculously small compared to how I felt last year between jobs. And yet... I felt like I had a great year last year, but at the time I didn't, and I wasted those weeks or a couple of months of just like not working, worrying about not working. Yeah. When actually I should have been enjoying myself because like around the corner was something really exciting. Or and go just...
0: and do something else. Or do, go and just uh, do, learn something else. From yeah. That. Yeah. Take, just you know, that thing of switching, switching your mind off
2: to something else. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, it's like what you were saying about auditions. You'll come after an audition and then you'll be thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. oh, I didn't do that. It's very hard
2: to yeah, switch off. Yeah, it is. And I think that's what you might have found out of London and what I think I found when I go home to Nottingham is, like, it's so much easier to do I suppose that.
0: the thing is, I've got that... I've got a nice train ride, right? Is it pretty? It is pretty. It, it gets pretty. <laughs>
2: After what are you sp- trying to say a- about London after
0: Swindon? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no disrespect to the people of Swindon, <laughs> uh, but it is a bit of a shithole. Um, it's nice after that, but I've got that time on that train, yeah, to, like because I'll, I'll get the train back later on and I'll be thinking about the episodes that I've recorded today and I'll, I'll have to filter them and go through people's stories and just get them out, I've yeah, learned, yeah, yeah. I've learned to kind of do that now, so I'll take that time to be by myself yeah. and have it. and I feel very lucky to have that time yeah. to process things. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what it's all about, just giving yourself that time and letting yourself off the hook a bit.
2: Yeah, let yourself off the hook, that's so nice, isn't it? I like that. And also, get out your own way is another one I absolutely love. Yeah. It's like, almost, you know, almost impossible to do, but it's a nice thing to think. Well, it's a nice thing. <laughs> it's,
0: a, it's a starting point, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, you were talking about, you were looking back on that year... And you were going, actually, in retrospect, I did have a good year, but I didn't have a good year at the time.
2: Yeah, or oh, especially in the bits in between.
0: Well, they're the, they're the, they're the important bits. They're yeah. the ones where you really have to look after yourself and yeah, take yeah, care yeah. of yourself.
2: And charge up your batteries and something. I think, like, so I've been acting with an agent for 10 years, but I started doing it, I guess, professionally at workshops maybe about 15 years ago, but it slowly becomes, because it's the most incredible thing in the world to me, I love it more than anything, it becomes everything. It becomes everything. So even if you have a couple of days, just a couple of days it takes off in between things, Like, and you're already like feeling itchy because you, you, all of your senses need it. Like, yeah. like, it's, it's not a drug because you're addicted to... It's the creativity that I really love. I just love creating and, and the camaraderie on set and all that jazz, you know? I'm sure, sure like, you probably feel similarly, and a lot of artists do, but, like, you forget that there's got to be other stuff that you love doing. And has it's to, not a plan B.
0: That ha- no, there has to be other stuff. It's not
2: like you're saying you're cheating on your love for acting. <laughs> you just, you're just, just finding other things that you enjoy as much.
0: And sometimes it's really important to stop doing what you're doing for a bit. Yeah, because you you're to not going to grow it. otherwise. also well, you've got to kind of take stock.
2: Yeah, oh, and yeah that's true. You, yeah.
0: I always think I never want it to feel that I'm on some sort of constant conveyor belt because then it ceases to become yeah what what you wanted it to be when you were younger or when you were starting out and having that real rush yeah. and that adrenaline rush yeah you don't want it to it a you don't habit. want it to be on the fucking Tesco checkout Work. Um, beep checking beep, in beep Because like, it becomes clocking in and out the same thing yeah
2: yeah. So yeah. I
0: think I think stopping is healthy, yeah, m- mentally and, f- and physically. You know, yeah, you do need to take. I know some people that just don't take. You got to take that holiday. Yeah,
2: take the holiday. Get addicted to reading books again because oh, books are incredible. God. Like, um, I've just read. To Kill a Mockingbird. I can't believe yet. it's taken me this long. And I've got some friends who did it at school who were like, oh, yeah, I felt it was, like, a bit anticlimactic. But I think it's because, like, it's so great that you don't realise how great it is until you're old enough to really appreciate. Yeah, well, like, that's the I thing. was addicted to it. I was really sad did when just it raced finished. it? I think I've read it in like three days, which is quite fast for me. I hate that
0: feeling. I'm just near I miss
2: the, I miss Scout. Yeah, I miss the character. Like yeah. I want to know how she is.
0: I'm just near the end of an audiobook at the moment and I'm really enjoying it. And I thought to myself, I took myself out of it while I was listening to it last night, going, I'm really going to miss this. Oh, that's so, so And, then, and then, I had to, then I had to stop it and going. Then I'm thinking I'm going to make sure I tell loads of people about it so then they can feel what, what I was going through when oh, I was listening to this. I
2: love that. It's but, like the parent in you was looking after the <laughs> the baby in you just being yeah. like, listen, this has got to stop soon. Uh,
0: and then I'm going, I've got to be really, I'm jealous that they, the ha- people. That they haven't <laughs> had that experience.
2: Yeah. I have that with your show, Line of Duty, whenever someone hasn't seen it. I'm like, I can't. I feel like I want to scratch them a little bit because I'm like, you're now going to get to enjoy all of that and have seen them all.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You don't know what's coming. Yeah,
2: and I'm jealous.
0: (laughs) What do you do in the quieter times? Because you know you were saying ages ago about not being able to switch your mind off. Yeah. Do you find that difficult in the sort of quieter, darker times?
2: Uh, Yeah, Definitely. I don't think it ever, I think you can master how you react to it, but I think that's that, like, instinctive reaction that your brain and body has of going, why aren't we doing the thing that we really love doing? Why have, why have we stopped? Do you know what I mean? There's a little signal that goes off in your brain that's yeah. like, <laughs> alert, alert, like, creativity, like, sensory underload or whatever. So uh, there's a couple of things I do. I, I love um, painting.
0: Oh, I'm dear. terrible.
2: I'm not nearly as good as Noel Fielding, whose beautiful works are around us right now. But
0: but is is it about being good? That no, because it's that's not. something for you, no. for yourself. Yeah, isn't I it? love
2: it. Honestly, the hours pass, they fly. And this year, I got my boyfriend and my mum decorating baubles for our Christmas tree with me. Oh really? I bought some paper mache baubles off <laughs> Amazon and got <laughs> that's some paint. And both of them were like, "What." Can't we just go for a nice walk? And I was like, no. We're and by the end of it, they had their tongues hanging out the sides of their mouths, paint all over themselves because they were so carried away. Right. Into I it. was having to rein them in. I was like, I've only got six. Like, <laughs> leave one for me. Like, just shows that all of us love that sort of thing, but we just we just don't do as much of it as you get older. It's but not, it's not should... cool, is it? To like thrifty stuff, painting, crafty stuff. But I love it. So is that really how you do. keep
0: yourself busy and keep your mind busy when yeah, you're not working?
2: That and like, um, I've just signed up to be a Samaritans listener, so I'm going to have my training for that soon, which means you go and spend four to six hours a week just answering calls for the Samaritans helpline. I'm really excited about doing that. What what sparked that off? Um, I don't know, really. Get giving back like, and feeling like... Just being reminded about how big and complex the world is and what what other things people are going through that are just so much more bigger and important than, than not getting a job. <laughs> just feeling like useful and helpful yeah and there and human cuz you can just start to feel like a performing monkey do, do you know what I mean do
0: you feel like that sometimes
2: i feel like i that i feel like i'm going towards that sometimes not because like oh i've got so many jobs coming out my ears not not like that but more more that that's all i seemed like that's that becomes my identity like i am an actress <laughs> and then a human being after that
0: where well, it should be the other absolutely way around absolutely the other way around so you take control of that
2: yeah I feel like that stuff's so important and really like powers me up like well, I can't wait to start that
0: well because and I'm not that sound doom and gloom but if it all did just disappear tomorrow
2: yeah that's it
0: then you'd still be you'd still have you yeah 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 whereas if you yeah. were Angela, the actor, and that all went, then a part of you would... Yeah. ...be missing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I'd guess I'd, yeah, just be performing for myself, wouldn't I? Or, like, do you mean if that thing stopped altogether? Yeah. Yeah, completely.
0: Do you ever feel that? Do you ever worry that? That it's all... What if it all went away? I what guess... Would you do? What would you do?
2: I'd go spare. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Because you love it so much.
2: Yeah. I think, and it is the creativity thing more than anything else. It's the storytelling. And I'm realising that more and more when I pick up a book and I get sad when it's ending or I'm painting a ball ball and they're running out because mum and my boyfriend have done more. <laughs> that's it. Like, I want to make stuff, you yeah. know? So, and I want to be connected to stuff, emotional stuff as well. And that's where I think that listening thing comes from. Like feeling and listening and helping and... Sensory. Yeah, yeah. compassion. and Yeah. Sympathy, empathy, all that jazz. So I feel like if you can find the things that you mm-hmm. get the buzz from elsewhere, then you're gravy, you're good. Yeah. God, I talk about gravy a lot, don't I? A lot of gravy. For a vegetarian. A lot of gravy
0: po- Are you a vegetarian?
2: Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm a pascatarian now.
0: So that's n- not a fish.
2: When I was 18 and I became a vegetarian, I was like, if you eat fish, you're a piss-taketarian because <laughs> fish are still animals. And now I am one, which just shows how you can become, you know, a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't you know I don't talk about jobs that much on this.
2: Yeah, I know, yeah, and I but think that's great.
0: I just wanted to talk about the 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 bodyguard. Mm. Because I don't want to say backlash. It wasn't backlash, was it? What there was something happened towards the end of it and about uh, specifically about your character. Yeah. Um to do with the papers. Yeah. Could you tell me a little bit about that?
2: Um I think that I think that the ending was so unexpected for people. Yeah. And also, I think that we live in a time right now where Islamophobia is so rife and there's just so much like of our of our news and our media that is just constantly like it feels to me, looking for ways to I don't know, to breed hatred around one particular religious background or one particular group of people mm. um, and I feel like we I just think there needs to be a drive of stories that kind of shape a more positive narrative around those people yeah. and I think that um I think Bodyguard took what I love about Jed's writing, is that it's all about truth and it's all about what is going on right now. And I think that's what he captured in Bodyguard really brilliantly.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And um, I think that whilst Jed and I understood that character and she was three-dimensional to the two of us and she went, you know, like, she went from being this nervous, sort of, like, terrified... um, seemingly disempowered woman who was uh, you know, a pawn as as it says in the script for somebody else's evil working Yeah, and then you find out she's the person behind it. That told a story of like how women can be just as powerful as men and actually we have an assumption that women aren't, you know, can't act on things in that way and be that intelligent and be that um, masterful um, but I think what people took offense to and I totally understand it is that you didn't understand and I think that Jed and I knew this character and we understood why she was doing what she did yeah. because she comes from god knows what's ha- like we decided what had happened to her family you know for her to feel the way she does the anger the rage the mm. the need for like justification and comes from feeling victimized and, and and to us, to me, her family had been brutally treated, and that's that's where I sort of found that anger and rage and justification. But I think because it, we didn't get, we, there wasn't the opportunity to explore that in the script because there was loads and loads of different characters, and it it was yeah. what I loved about it is it really went round the houses and turned something on its head. You yeah. know, you went for we as a nation all went. Oh my God! It is. It's the politi- It's the politician. She did it. It's um. The Home Secretary. Mm. No, it's the police. No, it's this person. No, it's that person. All these people were Caucasian. And I think there's a real truth in that. I think there are attacks like terrorism. It's not just as cut and dried as we think it is. There is a lot of other motives behind things like that. And the funding comes from places that would shock us in some cases, you know? And I think that, um, I think that's what it explored. But I think, and I understood that some people felt that they, like you understood why Lorraine Craddock. Um, that character had done what she did. You understood why um, the, the guy that tried to take out the home secretary, he did what he did. You know, yeah. he'd seen people die on the yeah. front line. He'd seen people be treated really badly when he served. But you didn't really, there wasn't an, a chance to explore Nadia's family, I guess. Um, and that might have helped to understand where where that rage came from. So yeah, you was, don't have an
0: infinite amount of time to tell the story. You really, us, no. really,
2: really don't. You really don't. And it was, I created a backstory and, and that was all there for me. But I suppose, yeah, I don't know. I, I completely understood where people came from in that situation. And I think everybody constantly learning about how we can be better at telling stories and we yeah. can better people's understanding of where this stuff comes from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I can do my best to learn everything about it like I do every other character. Um, but yeah, I'm learning. I'm really learning.
0: We all are. Angela. it's lovely talking
2: to you. Oh, and you. And you. This has why? been really lovely. Enjoy it. Yeah, I really did.
1: <laughs> and another episode is finished. Um, our ace is Angela. She's well gone, isn't she? Um, super down to earth, super self-reflective and... Uh, and grounded and just a pleasure to be around. So thank you very much, Angelique, for coming on. Uh, thanks for putting up with me doing this instead of Craig. And my voice, my voice isn't built for radio. Like Craig's dulcet tones. Uh, dulcet's not really the word, is it? Husky, I don't know. Uh, but that's it for this week. Thank you very much for listening and thank you very much for always listening like to all the other episodes since the beginning. I've never had a chance to speak on this, so I will express my gratitude here. Nice one. See you later.
0: The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers.